return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Thank you, Pastor Dave, for opportunity to, to minister. I know churches that have a pastor, an associate pastor, and the associate pastor doesn't get to do anything in the church. Until the other one leaves and retires and they're yeah. like, they get this thrown on them and so I'm so appreciative. Yeah. Yeah. To have opportunities to do things in the office um, and in the pulpit yeah. ministry and out in the world, Amen. jail and, and nursing home and yeah. children's and everything yeah. else. So that's really yeah. a blessing. Real blessing. Um, and so, you know, I've been talking a lot about hearing the voice of the Lord and I really want to talk about today being the voice of the Lord. Okay, so... Amen. Um, when we're talking to people, we're the voice of the Lord. You know, we're you know when we're when we're witnessing to people, hopefully what happens is the Holy Spirit speaks through us. Amen. Yes. And so tonight, I just want my title, my message. What's the message? What's the message that we're sending? What's the message that we are giving people yes. who don't know Him? Amen. First Peter five eight. We're going to start there in the Amplified. The Bible says, "Be sober, well balanced, and self disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times." The enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. And so I've looked at this verse and you think, well, how does he devour us? Well, he devours us by deception, right? right? Because the devil is the father of lies. He only lies. And so he deceives us. That's how he devours us. And it's not just us, us that we need to be sober for and alert and cautious for, but it's those around us. Amen? Because we might be really strong in our faith and we might not have any um, uh, reservations about going and preaching the word and standing on the word. And we are alert, we are cautious, but also people that we know, people that God has put in our life that maybe don't have that, that don't know the word, that don't know that they need to be alert and cautious. So as far as, um, you know, for me being a parent, this is my job over my kids, Mm -hmm. right? I stand and I'm I'm alert and I'm cautious and I keep my ear to the ground and think, okay, what are they hearing? And is God's voice bigger than the voices that they're hearing in the world? Amen. Amen. And that's what we want, yep. right? So I'm, I'm standing cautious for myself, keeping myself grounded in the Word so I don't float away yep. and I don't go astray, but I'm also yep. being a, a, a lightning rod for my kids. Amen. I want my kids to be able to understand and to know the things of God, yes. and that starts at the home. As a pastor, yep. Pastor Dave and I, we, we stand firm in the Word for ourselves. We want to teach, bring you guys a good Word. Also, as a shepherd, Pastor Dave is over the church, right? He's yep. As far as, um, he is responsible for, there's like an umbrella, yep. amen, and so every Wednesday we pray for the church, we pray for the congregation, for healing and finances, and that we would just stick close to the, to the Word. Amen? Amen? And so that's, that's what it means. We want to be well-balanced, we want to be Amen. self-disciplined, and we want to be cautious at all times. Yes. Amen? A shepherd isn't just cautious for himself when he's out in the field. Yeah. No, a shepherd's cautious for his sheep. Mm-hmm. Right? And so in the body of Christ, as pastors, we're shepherds of the church, but in your own sphere of influence, you guys are shepherds to those that God has put and entrusted yeah. to you. 
It could be your children. It could be family members, relatives. It could be co-workers. Yes. Amen. And so we want to we want to take this literally and not just for ourselves, but as soon as we know, okay, I feel like I'm planted and I'm reading the word and I'm in the word and I'm I'm cautious. I'm looking around. I'm also looking out for other people. Amen. Yep. And the devil wants to get our attention off of other people. He wants to get our attention off of the gospel yeah. and onto other things. Yep. And when our message is anything other than the gospel, we're being deceived. Yep. We're, we're teaching a word that's, that the Bible says we shouldn't teach. Right. Amen? Yep. Because the Bible says that we want to preach the good news of Jesus. Yep. Go out into all the world and preach the gospel, the good yep. news of Jesus yes. Christ. Amen. And the gospel is really just salvation. Yep. That Jesus came and died for us, that he, that he died for us on the cross, and that we can have salvation. And anybody who believes in him can have salvation. Amen. And I thank you for those joining on Facebook as well. You know, that, that you are a light to somebody. Amen. That you can show somebody salvation. You can preach salvation to yep. somebody. Yep. Amen. Amen. And we do that out of love. We do it out of, out of kindness. And we don't want to be deceived into this message that God is harsh. James 1.16 says, Don't be misled, my, brothers, my beloved brethren, brothers and sisters. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of the heavens. In whom there's no variation, no rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning, for he is perfect and never changes. And so when we are the mouthpiece of the Lord, we want to come with good things. The angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Amen. And so when we witness to somebody and we're talking to somebody, we're bringing good tidings. We're bringing, we should be bringing great joy. Amen. Anytime the Bible tells us, don't be deceived, so in the New King James it says, do not be deceived. But anytime it tells us that, it means that people will be deceived. It means that there's, there's this deception um, that's going on around what he's talking about. And in this case, the goodness of God. In this case, that God gives us good gifts. In this case, that God shows us grace, that he shows us mercy, that he shows us kindness. And that's what people are deceived about. And a lot of the reason is because the church has had this message that God is going to cause bad things to happen if you don't line up with what he wants you to do. Yeah. Okay? And I really believe that, the, that Holy Life, Pastor Dave and Jeannie have done a great job of teaching yeah. the goodness of God. Amen. And it's trickled down to the congregation. I really believe yeah. that we do a good job of showing and telling people the goodness of God. Amen. But there's always room to grow because the Bible says we can't really understand the love that passes all knowledge. Right. Amen. So we can continue to grow in love, continue to grow in kindness and in grace. And we see this deception that Jesus uh, is is killing people and destroying cities when he's not happy with them in the church. And and very strongly that God is good. People, you know, when you hear this, they they say God is good, but also he took away your child. God is good, but also he had a plan for that attack. Had a plan, you know, the reason that that um, that uh, Mardi Gras or that Louisiana had the hurricane was because there was condemnation and the Lord was judging that nation. But he's good. Well, that contradicts, doesn't it? That's a contradicting message. And we don't want to be contradicted. We don't want to be double minded. The Bible says we don't want to be unstable. We don't want to be double minded in our ways. Amen. And so so God is good. And when the devil lies, he lies subtly. So again, it's these half-truths. Well, God is good, but he also did this. God is good, but he's out to get you if you mess up. That there's no forgiveness for what you've done. He wants to take our attention off the goodness of God and put it onto other things. 
And again, when I say that we're the mouthpiece, that we have a, a good message to give people, um, it's only Jesus. It's only Jesus. People will say, or people, it's like John 10.10 10 doesn't even exist to some people. Yeah. Satan comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And you have Christians that will ask when someone dies, why did God take them so early? Right. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I want to go through this because it's a message that I know we don't have for people. Right. We, don't, we don't say, well, we don't know why God took them early because we know the truth. Right. We know that Satan comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Right. Right. Amen. That God's will is that none perish. But everybody come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. So especially when it comes to unbelievers, we know that, that God didn't take them. Amen. And he wants good things for his people, for the believers. And that takes care of pretty much everybody, right? And so that, that, that gospel that people put out there, it's a deception and it's a perversion of the actual gospel. Even those who know the scriptures like many of us do... We don't want to say, well, that would never happen to me. I would never, I would never preach that message. Yeah. Because, again, the devil subtly comes in and he lies to us and he right. tells us things to get us away from the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And you see major ministries all over the world that were very strong in foundation and in doctrine and in truth. And little by little, because they don't use it as an anchor, right. little by little they get away from the truth yeah. that is God is good. They yeah. get away from the truth that God reaches out to people with kindness. And goodness. Amen. And we don't want to do that. The Bible says that that beware of false prophets, that it might be so that even the elect would stray. Even the elect would go away from the from the gospel. Uh, John in the book of Revelation talks about losing your first love. Jesus. Amen. We want to we want to hold on to Jesus. Hallelujah. Galatians. Let's go to Galatians six, seven. The Bible says, do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will, uh, will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And you see, when we are talking to somebody and we're witnessing to somebody and we're trying to be a blessing to somebody, we're, we want to pull out of our spirit. Amen? When we sow to our spirit... Um, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Okay, so we sow to ourselves, but then we also sow spiritual things. Okay? He who sows to the flesh will reap of the flesh, reap corruption. And so when we're we're witnessing, and even when we're doing things for the Lord, we we always want to keep the Spirit involved. Amen? And with the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, Right? And so whenever we witness to somebody, we don't want to witness out of the flesh because when we do that, we witness out of our opinions. Yep. Well, this is what I think. Yep. This is what I think you should do. Right? right? Yeah. But when we witness out of the Spirit, we're witnessing out of love. We're witness, witnessing out of kindness. Yeah. Amen. We're witnessing out of patience. Yeah. Sowing to the flesh means we're putting ourselves, we're puffing ourselves up. We believe that we have all this head knowledge of the Bible and so I have this flesh, and I'm going to witness based on what I know, not what the Holy Spirit's telling me. Right. Yeah. Amen. Because you can, there could be a message for somebody, you could be witnessing to somebody, and you have the Holy Spirit's telling you to do it this way, yeah. and it might only work with that person. Right. But if we do it out of our flesh, we say, well, it worked that time, so I'm going to witness the same way to this person, right. it, might, it might not bear any fruit. Right. right? right. Because our job is to sow seeds 
of salvation in people's lives. No matter how that happens, we want to let the Holy Spirit be involved in that. The Bible says we don't want to lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, in witnessing, in, um, in uh, talking to our family members, in doing things in the church for the Lord, being volunteers, in all of our ways acknowledge Him. What does He want you to do? What does He want you to say? Sowing in the Spirit means we're submitting ourselves to God. It means that I'm going to come to you and I'm going to, I'm going to um, even if I disagree with you about an issue, um, I'm not going to get puffed up and think I know more than you, but I'm going to come to you and I'm going to submit myself to God so that He can be um, up on top, so that He can be the one that rises to the top and you yep. see Him. Amen? I don't want people to see me when I witness to them. Yep. I want people to see Jesus. Amen. And I'm, nobody's perfect. I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect at all, but that's where I want to strive for. Yes. That when I'm witnessing and I'm talking to somebody, especially those that maybe are on a different side of an issue than I am, yes. that they see, wow, he really cares about me. I, you know, I don't, he's not giving me his opinion, but he's really telling me about the love of Jesus. He's telling me the truth in love. Amen. We want to speak yes. the truth in love. When people are arguing about earthly things, again, we usually give our opinion. I don't know if you guys have looked at Facebook at all on this abortion uh, Roe versus Wade thing, but it's everybody giving their opinion on both sides yeah. of the issue. And you have these little quips, these little things that people think are funny that they put up on Facebook. And what does it do? Does it bring people into the kingdom? Yeah. No, what does it do? It pushes people away. Yeah. They don't agree with me, so I'm not going to listen to them. So we argue earthly things and we give our opinion, but then we try to mask it with spirituality. Yep. That's one of my biggest pet peeves is when somebody puts something on social media and then puts a scripture underneath it. And it's, all it is is condemnation. All it is is mockery right. of the issue or of the, of the other party or the, right. of the group that believes something different. Yeah. No matter what our stance is on different social issues, it could be homosexuality, it could be abortion, it could be alcohol or guns. There are people on both sides, yep. not just political parties. There's people yep. on both sides. Yep. And I've said this before, but Michael Jordan was asked, why don't you ever get involved in politics? And he said, well, Republicans buy sneakers, too. Yeah. I want to live my, my spiritual life like that. Yeah. Or why don't I get involved in my, get my opinion out there? It's because there's people that don't agree with me that need Jesus, too. They need Jesus. Amen. Yep. And there's people that are with me and agree with me that need Jesus. They don't need me just to agree with them and me to go back, go back and forth on our opinions, even if we agree, they need Jesus. Amen. Amen. So even the people that agree with us, we want to speak Jesus. We want to talk about the salvation of Jesus. Amen. The Bible, or devil wants us to be divisive. He wants us to be offended. He wants us to act like we have all the answers to every issue that we're facing. And there's a difference between speaking the truth to somebody in love and being judgmental. Amen? Yep. The first is from a low place of compassion. When we speak the truth in love, we're saying, it's, I don't care if you agree with me or not, I just want you to know Jesus. But the second, it comes from a high place of judgment. Yeah. There's a reason there's, you know, the judge in the courtroom sits higher than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's what we look like when we give our opinion on issues without any acknowledgement of Jesus or any acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit yeah. as far as what we should say, how we should say it. Yeah. Let's go to Matthew 7, 1. The Bible says, judge not that you not be judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be, you will be judged, 
and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, scriptures on judgment. You know, there's scriptures about you know, if our brother sins, sins, there is there is room for judgment. There is time for to judge actions. Yeah. Amen. But here, in, uh, and I, don't, I didn't give you this um, version, but I think it's the Amplified, do not judge and criticize and condemn others so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned yourselves. For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, you will be judged and criticized and condemned. And according with the measure you use to deal out to others, it will be dealt out against, uh, again to you. And later on in, in this passage, it talks about before removing the speck from your brother's eye, remove the plank that's, your own, that's in your own eye first, and that way you can see better to remove the speck in your brother's eye. Yep. And what does that mean? It means that if we, if we act like we're holier, and, and that we're just so holy, and that we have this awesome relationship with the Lord, which we should, and people should know that, but if we lord it over them, right. and, we, and we puff our chest out, right. there's going to be something in our life that they say, well, you did this. You're a hypocrite. Right? So that's why we, whenever we speak to people, we want to speak out of kindness. We want to speak out of compassion. Again, we don't know what people are going through. We haven't been in people's shoes. We don't know why they think a certain way on an issue. It doesn't mean mean it's right. It doesn't mean that they should be thinking that way. But we don't know. Amen? Something better than me saying I'm compassionate about you is me showing that I'm compassionate about you. I'm not giving in to something I don't believe. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying we need to be walked on when we're talking in conversation, anything like that. But our job is really to soften the hearts of people so that Jesus can come into their life, that Jesus can fill their life. Luke 10.1 in the Amplified says, Now after this the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them out ahead of him, two by two into every city and every place he was about to go. And that's what he's done to us. When he said, go into the world and preach the gospel, he's sending us ahead to yeah. plant seeds so that Jesus can come in and flood their life. Amen. He was saying to them, the harvest is abundant, for there are many who need to hear the good news about salvation. But the workers, those available to proclaim the message of the salvation, are few. And I tell you what, there's a lot of Christians out there that can proclaim this message of salvation, but the ones that actually do are few. Therefore, prayerfully ask the Lord for the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. Go your way. Listen carefully. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Yeah. And what do lambs, you know, lambs don't devour, do they? Nope. <laughs> wolves devour. The world devours. What are lambs, when you think of a lamb, you think of gentle, you think of clean. Yep. You think of um, unassuming, maybe, compassionate. Okay, they're not going to charge at you. They're not going to yep. stir up all this strife. There are still many who need to hear the good news of salvation, yeah. and they need to hear it from us. Yep. You know, like I said, there's a bunch of there's a lot we, there's people that um, profess Christ. You know, and, and in the world, I think Christianity is still the number one religion. So people saying that yes, I'm a Christian, but the amount of people that actually just teach the salvation, yeah. and, and when they witness, they witness the salvation yeah. is is few. Notice that he didn't have them talk about the social issues of their time. Yeah. But he had them talk about salvation. Yeah. I feel like sometimes Christians try to change someone's thinking on an issue 
that they believe will get them closer to Jesus, when really as a person gets closer to Jesus, they're going to start thinking with the mind of Christ and base their thinking on the gospel. Base their thinking on the word of God. Amen. In this case, Jesus commanded 70 to go into the cities to give them, to tell them the good news of salvation. To give them something good to chew on a little bit before Jesus would come. He wanted to minister to people whose hearts were soft and ready for the gospel. Amen? Amen. Cities aren't taken for Jesus in mass. Cities are taken for Jesus one person at a time. You think about, you know, we want to stop mass shootings in the schools. and We want to to stop, um, you know, different different things that are going on in this country and around the world. I mean, Nigeria, there was just a write-up in the Brookings article about the atrocities in Nigeria. One church that was considered to be in the safer part of Nigeria, um, somebody came in and, and killed, they said 20 people, but it was probably a lot more than that because a lot of the Nigerians uh, bury their, their dead privately, so they don't let people know. But somebody went in and just shot up the church in one of the safer parts of Nigeria. Yeah. Mm. We want to stop those things. We don't like those things, do we? We don't want mass shootings to continue to happen. We don't want that persecution to continue to happen. But just think, that person that that shot up the church, if he would have been witnessed to, you know, say that there was an opportunity, and maybe there was, and maybe he just rejected it, but if his heart was soft and and he got filled with the Holy Spirit, would that mass shooting have happened? All right. So again, I'm not saying that anybody is at fault or that, that... you know, he, they, somebody should have witnessed to him. I don't, we don't know anything about it. But I'm just saying that if you want to stop issues in our life, it starts with the person. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It starts with, that's why we go to the jail, right? That's why we go and minister to people that, yeah. um, as Pastor Dave always said, they're a captive audience, yeah. right? Yeah. Because we want them to make good choices in life. Amen. We don't know what's, what's in store. Right. I mean, we met, we met guys that were uh, drug users, that were, you know, and gangs, and, and probably, who knows, maybe it was had a part in murders and different things. Yeah. You know, there's some guys that you go in there and you're like, mm, okay. But what are we doing? We're, we're giving them the good news of Jesus. Amen. Okay? Yep. In fact, whenever we go to the jail, that is the number one priority, yep. is, hey, Jesus can save your soul. Yep. You need to put your trust in Jesus. Amen? Yep. Yep. That's what we want to get across. Yeah. So what I mean is we can't just pray for a city and magically things are going to start turning towards Christ. But as we reach out to those in our sphere of influence, as Pastor Dave talked about on Sunday, in our world, and we do it with compassion rather than judgment, things start to change. But we have to be watchful because the verse in 1 Peter 5.8 isn't just, again, talking about us and guarding us, but it's about watching over those others that Satan wants to devour. That Satan wants to deceive and get to do these other things. To get to do some of these atrocities that are in the world. Let's go to Ephesians 6.12. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Our enemy in the New Testament is the devil, right? Our enemy in the New Testament is those that, the, the spiritual realm that we cannot see. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Because us in our physical body, um, yeah, we can do things in the natural, but really what is going to change things is when things are done in the supernatural. Amen? Because that's who we war against. That's who the Holy Spirit in the inside of us wars against, right? 
In the Old Testament, you have verses like Exodus 23:22. It says, but if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. You hear, voice, you hear verses like this yeah. talk about all the time. And like, Lord, that person who doesn't like me, who is against me, he said he's going to be an enemy to them. He's going to be an enemy to my enemies. But when you look at it through a New Testament lens, amen, amen. the only enemy is Satan. That's right. Amen. That's right. And that's why when we talk to anybody, we want to show kindness and compassion because they're not our enemy. That's right. Amen. Jesus wants to change our thinking of who our enemy is. Hallelujah. Sometimes we see others as our enemy. But if we do, we have verses like Luke 6, 27 and 28. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Romans 12, 14 also says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. So when we look at it from a New Testament perspective, even those that we might consider an enemy or consider us an enemy, they're not our enemies, right? We want to love them. We have one enemy who's the devil. And these verses even are really just talking about those who persecute you for your faith. That's the enemy. The devil, you know, he's not worried about issues. He just wants to attack your faith. He wants to attack uh, the salvation that's in you, right? It's not just talking about, and and really to a very, very less degree, those who disagree with you on an issue. And I see divisions come between believers and non-believers that quite frankly don't need to be there. It's kind of like, you know, if, if Ryan and I are arguing, well, I'm, I'm 35 and he's 6, okay? Should I be arguing with my 6-year-old? No. Should he be winning arguments? No. You know, people in the world, we do have to treat people kind of like little children because they don't know. They don't know Jesus. They don't know the goodness of God, right? And so in any situation, when we're talking to people, when I'm trying to get Ryan to calm down, Usually, I don't yell. Usually, I try to come in with kindness, right? So when we're talking to people that are just, um, that just want to yell for no reason out in the world, and they just want to, and they they want to be divisive, and they want to attack you on an issue, we don't have to yell. We don't have to give our opinion. We just have to say, well, the Bible says this. This is what the Bible says. I don't, I'm not going to give you my opinion, but this is what the Word says, and I'm going to stand on the Word. And we can talk about that, yeah. but if you don't want to, I'm not going to fluctuate from the word. Yeah. Hmm, that'll stop them in their tracks, though. Yeah. When, you're not, when you're not going to argue with them on an issue, uh, that's going to stop them in their tracks. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. How can we reach someone if we battle them on an issue other than Jesus? Yeah. Proverbs 16:7. 6, and the ESV says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So when we are pleasing to the Lord, and when we, when we again, we're, we're God's mouthpiece. Whenever we're talking to somebody, yeah. it's as if Jesus should be talking through us. Amen. Amen? Yeah. And so, when, when our ways please the Lord, yeah. and our words please the Lord, yeah. even our enemies, even those who are against us, can be made peace with us. Yeah. I have a lot of people that, that um, friends that I have that don't agree with me, that wouldn't agree with me almost on any issue. Okay? But I don't condemn them. I don't talk down to them. I have family members that don't agree with me yeah. on any issue. But I show love. And what happens? Yeah. Secretly they'll come and ask me a question. Right. They'll want advice. 
because they know I'm not going to scream at them. I'm not going to. I'm not going to make them feel bad for believing something. No, if I if I continue to show, hey, if you just just put your trust in Jesus, right. okay, and what is that? The Holy Spirit then it's His job, right, right. to persuade, and their job to receive. Yep. Yep. When we follow after Jesus, we can make peace even with those who don't agree with us. Amen. We can be at peace with those from a different religion. Yep. Amen. We can be at peace with those who um, are in the LGBTQ community, yep. right? We're called to preach the gospel and nothing else. That means show people the love and grace of God. Amen. So we let the Lord convict someone on their belief. That's not our job. He never didn't call us to convict people. He didn't call us to be right in everything that we do. Our job is to love. Our job is to follow the Spirit and not the flesh. We're going to read 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5 in the Amplified. The Bible says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come to you with excellence of speech, or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. And actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it from here in the Amplified. And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming to you the testimony of God concerning salvation through Christ. So again, he came to him through the testimony of God concerning the salvation. That's why he came to him to preach salvation. He said, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom. I didn't come with lofty words or of eloquence or of philosophy as a Greek order might do. For I made the decision to know nothing. That is, to forego philosophical and theological discussions regarding inconsequential things and opinions. So he made a decision, even if he disagreed with them on something, he made a decision to know nothing. To go into a conversation not uh, pretending to and, and putting his opinion on top of them. Right. To forego theological, even theological discussions. He said, I'm not going to go there. Yep. And it says inconsequential things and opinions while among you, except Jesus. That's why I came to you, for Jesus. Yep. Not to talk to you about what I think, but I'm talking to you about Jesus. Yep. And it says, In him crucified the meaning of his redemptive, substitutionary death and his resurrection. That's why he came to these people. Amen. Not to argue or quarrel over anything yep. that was going on at the time. Not to talk about how bad Nero was. Anything like that. Yep. Verse 3 says, I came to you in a state of weakness and fear and great trembling. Amen. And my message and my preaching were not in the persuasive words of wisdom, yeah. using clever rhetoric. And that's what, I'm talk- that's what I was talking about when you see social media posts that, are, that try to be clever when they're regarding an issue. He didn't come with using clever rhetoric, but they were delivered in demonstration of the Holy Spirit operating through me and of his power, stirring the minds of the listeners yeah. and Holy Spirit persuading them so that your faith would not rest in the wisdom and the rhetoric of men but on the power of God. Yep. So even if we do come and we and we do want to give our opinion on an issue and we turn their heart and we turn we change their mind. Yep. Which is, which would be unbelievable by the way. It yep. never happens. Whenever you see on social media, you never you're never going to make a post and be like, and somebody's going to be like, "Hey, I never thought of it like that." Why? Because there's this mob mentality when it comes to social media. Because you can hide behind your computer and say things yep. and you have people that agree with you on both sides. So it's never going to be like, huh, I never thought of it like that before. No, how do relationships get built? How do minds get changed? One-on-one relationship, one-on-one uh, um, conversations, amen? So my question is, how do we come across to people who are in favor of the LGBTQ movement? How do we come across to people that are, that are for that? How do we come across to people that are for abortions? Or how do we come across to alcoholics? 
Do we try to explain the issues to them and change their minds? Well, that's not right because and because and because. Or do we just preach the love of Jesus and do we preach the meaning of his redemptive death and resurrection? Just as we just read, just like Paul did, do do we give them our opinion? Do we go through theological debates? Or do we rely on the Holy Spirit to demonstrate his power and allow the Holy Spirit to do his job to persuade? So many times we try to persuade and the Holy Spirit's like, let me do that. I I, I can do that. We want to inform. Our job is to inform people that, hey, Jesus died for you on the cross. He has a good plan for your life. He redeemed you from anything. You know, he wants to fix your hurts. He wants to fix the things in your life that aren't going well. I'm not asking the question to the church as a whole, but to us as individual members. And again, on Facebook Live too, if you're listening, I'm asking this question to us as individuals. Yeah. You might say, well, I can't just let the issue go. Man, I'm so, you know, ask my kids, my wife, I, am, I can be opinionated about things. Yeah. But we, we don't want to say, well, I, I can't just let the issue go. I have to defend what I believe. I have to defend the Bible. Yeah. Let, the, let the Bible defend itself. Yeah. So show people, if you show people in the Word what the Bible says about issues, the Bible will speak for itself and it will offend itself. Amen? And then I ask the question, why do we have to, why can't we let the issue go? Why do we have to defend? Why do we have to prove that we're right about an issue rather than just come to hear, come to people with the gospel and allow the Holy Spirit to work on their hearts? Amen? I'm not saying there aren't conversations where you need to be more confrontational. But a lot of times these, these conversations are going to happen in a one-on-one setting. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody's really going down the wrong path and they're really, really, and, you, and you're fearful for their salvation and their eternity, yeah. then yeah, ramp it up a little bit maybe. There are times where we have to be very forceful and speak the truth yeah. in love. Sometimes the truth hurts. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to know, again, we, we ask the Holy Spirit, what kind of a conversation is this? Amen? But our message, even if the conversation is a little confrontational, our message is still Jesus and the salvation he provided. When you're faced with a question about social issues and morality, don't give your opinion, but just speak what the Bible says about it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Do it out of love, though. Like, well, I got a scripture for you then. No. Let's let's look at what the Bible says. Walk people through it. Amen. I tell you what, the, some people, you know, there's a lot of us in this congregation that we would maybe consider ourselves spiritually mature. Not in an arrogant, arrogant way, but we walk to the Lord for a long time. We read the Bible every day. Yeah. And um, maybe we consider ourselves spiritually mature. And so people want to believe in something. Amen. People want to know the truth. Yep. Amen? Yep. And so when they talk to you and when they ask you questions... That's an invitation to say, yeah, let's, let's, let's see what the Bible says about it. Yes. Yes. 1 Corinthians 13, 1, yeah. set, uh, 1 through 3, says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a, cl- a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. When people know that you love them and that you're not trying to be confrontational and you're not trying to push 
your beliefs on them, but you're just saying, this is what I believe because the Bible says it. Most of the time, they're going to be more open to hearing what you have to say. Most of the time, they're going to say, wow, that was, that was actually a, um, a very cordial conversation. I want to talk to this person more. Because the world, you know, and, and you know, those, you know, we live in the United States, you know, and so these issues that come popping up and really distract us from major issues that are going on. Um, but everybody's so confrontational. Everybody's so divisive. And even me, when I'm talking to somebody that differs in my opinion and, and we can just talk, yep. I'm like, it's refreshing. It's yeah. like, wow, yep. I need to talk to this it guy is. more often. It is. Yep. I've had family, like I said, on complete opposite sides of issues from me. And they know where I stand on issues. I'm not saying that I'm secretive about what I believe and what I, you know, I believe the Bible and they know. People sometimes intuitively know, well, I'm sure the Bible says this is wrong. <laughs> Right, but people know where I stand on issues, but they still reach out to me for advice. Maybe no one knows they're reaching out, but they're not, they know that I'm not going to make them the villain. That I'm not going to just try to ram it down their throat, right? I do my best to give sound advice according to the Word of God. That's what we want to do. We don't want to have standards apart from the Bible. Whenever we start to say, well, in my opinion, or I think, our standards, we're not lining our standards up with the Word. They might be the same, but we're not bringing the Word into it, are we? Yep. Whenever we say, well, my opinion is, we're putting our stake here and the, and the Word of God's stake here. Yep. But whenever we say, well, the Bible says this, and that's, that's, that's what I believe, then our stake is on top of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Then our footing is on the foundation of the, of the rock. Amen. Last scripture, and then we'll close. Right. <clears throat> and the genie put, Pastor Jeannie put this up on Facebook. And it was so timely uh, for the message. Proverbs 17, 14 says, Beginning a quarrel is like opening a floodgate. This says, so stop before it disputes out. But the one she had was, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Yeah. If, you, if you're not going to get somebody to change their mind or opinion, just drop the matter. Yeah. Amen. No, no, when, uh, no one to fall back. No one to fall back. Even if, we're, even if we're giving somebody a salvation message and they do not want to hear it, no one to fall back. Even Jesus, when he, when he sent the 70 out and he said, if they receive you, great, go in, eat with them, bless that city, bless that home. But if they don't receive you, just shake the dust off your feet, go to another city. Yeah. All right, so we need to know, one, we want to preach the love with compassion, or love of God with compassion, and in the, in the, in the confines of, hey, there's salvation for you, and it's great. Yep. He loves you so much, he died for you, amen? Yep. But we also need to know, okay, they're not hearing that message from me. It's a seed planted, yep. and, uh, and hopefully I get to talk to them again, but yep. I'm going to fall back. Yep. Yep. Understand that we're not going to win an argument based on our opinions, yep. unless you're a professional debater. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has to change the hearts and minds of people, Amen. We can't change the hearts and minds of people. The Holy Spirit has to change the hearts and minds. Amen. When we inform people of the Holy Spirit and salvation, he will, he will persuade them to live holy. Yes. He will persuade them to, you know, the Bible says when we become a Christian, we have access to the mind of Christ. Yes. And we can put the mind of Christ on us. Amen? Yes. So when, people, when somebody gets saved and they're, and they're maybe way off base on an issue that's completely unbiblical and unscriptural, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully what happens is as... You know, if you were the one that, that brought salvation to them, uh, as far as 
witness to them, then great. As you continue to cultivate, they're going to continue, hopefully, to renew their mind and put on this mind of Christ and say, wow, I was really wrong. Mm-hmm. But let the Holy Spirit persuade. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit guide them into yep. truth. Yep. Amen? Yep. And I guarantee you, your life is going to be not just so much better, but it's going to be so much less stressful. Yep. Man, it is. Man, I get stressed out just by reading the comments on Facebook. I'm not even involved in the comments. I just get stressed out by reading them. And I find myself, I know I shouldn't do this, but I find myself just scrolling through the comments. I'm like, yeah, don't do that, Randon. You're just going to get upset. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I just, I hope you're encouraged tonight by the message. Yeah. It was, it's been on my heart for a while, and, and uh, the conversation around Roe versus Wade uh, opened it up, and the Lord told me to, to say it tonight. So, um, I just bless you in Jesus' name. Bless all those that uh, that listened in. And Father, we just thank you that we can we can preach your gospel, Lord. That that we come to people with the salvation, Lord. That we can come to people and say you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Father. And that we just thank you that that you're faithful. That we don't have to worry about you doing your job because you're faithful all the time. So Lord, just help us to see what job we need to do so that you can do your job. So that you can come in and persuade, Lord. So that you can come in and, and show people um, how you want them to live. And we just give you all the praise, Father. I just pray a blessing on everybody here, Lord. I, I thank you for their finances increasing. Lord, that was, that was a word uh, today um, that Pastor Jeannie had. And that Pastor Dave prayed about was increased finances for congregation members, Father. So we just thank you for just increase. Lord, it's, it's, we, we thank you that we can stand on your word. Lord, we, we pray for, um, just for health, divine health, Father. Yep. Again, for Dave Spolin, Lord, that he would live and not die, that he'd rise up, Amen. just like Lazarus, Lord. Come forth, Dave. Yes, Lord. And Father, we just thank you that you love us so much. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, that you died on the cross for everybody, yes. not just thank Christians, you. Lord, but for everybody, Father. Yes, Lord. And we praise you. Lord, I pray for a great night yes. and a great week for everybody, a great Fourth of July yes. celebration. In Jesus' name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a clap off for tonight. Praise the Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.